0: Thanks. Listening to Skip Intro with Lee Tweelin, Ian McNally, Bahi Yusuf, and Julian Yap, and today we are doing movie snacks, uh, where we bring you the latest news and updates uh, from the world of—I mean, we call it movies, but really, it's—it's it's a bunch of different things. I mean, today we'll be talking, for example, about the Emmys, but all in good time. Uh, first things first, we should have been talking at some point about Hustlers, um, and we are not. Would anyone care to share why?
1: So apparently the the distribution company told us the movie is not sanctioned for release in Malaysia. I mean, it was going to be a shock to actually that we had a release date for this film in the first place. It is about strippers ripping off their clients, right? Do
2: you know, when I saw that we'd gotten a premiere screening for it, a press screening for it, I was so excited because you know what? Yeah, we get these now. Why is there any issue? We had John Wick 3. Do you know how many guys he's killed in that this year? Like, it's ridiculous. I, I was surprised that it got cancelled. This is not not a surprise. This is a surprise that we got. It's not... Ah, sorry. I think it's a
1: mistake on there. I think basically somebody scheduled a screening without waiting for the LPF results, thinking, oh, we'll just do them in parallel, you know, just in time planning. It should work fine.
2: I would just assume that it would be allowed here because the reasoning for it, the reasoning that LPF gave was that there were some scenes where you can see some parts and there are some scenes where there is some drug use. Where is the issue? And it's a film that's about women who are using their sexuality to their advantage. And it's based on a true story. It's got an incredible cast. It's got incredible reception internationally. What is the issue, LPF?
1: I have heard a lot of reviews, international reviews, talked about it being about exploitation but not exploitative and also having an interesting approach, like it's not about the male gaze in this case and I was really looking forward to seeing how that would be handled and it's unfortunate we're not going to get it here now.
3: We gotta start thinking like these
1: Wall Street guys. You
2: see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. Hard-working people lost everything. And not one of these
0: went to jail. Not one. Is that fair? You ever think about when they come into the club? That's stolen money. So, um, bad news for people who are looking forward to watching Hustlers. um, But good news for the people who have won a bunch of Emmys, uh, which is what we're talking about next. Um, So I guess some surprises, some kind of, you know, that we saw coming. Any stand out for
1: you? Well, I think Game of Thrones got what they deserved. <laughs> <With that final laughs> or not? Season. Or
3: not? Yeah, they, not I, getting what they were hoping for. They
1: wanted to get. They were looking to break some record with regards to the amount of Emmys in a single yeah. season. They had the most nominations, but they only got their winner for drama series, uh, best drama series, and uh, best supporting actor in a drama series for guess who? Peter Dinklage. Yeah. All the people who self-nominated that that money's gone. They're not getting that back.
3: <laughs> Can I just say I'm super thrilled that the marvelous Mrs. Maisel won a bunch. Yes, because that show is amazing
2: her <laughs> finally
3: gets to gosh Bayer finally gets to yeah so uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel Amazon Prime second uh, third season's coming out in a cup in a month or so great series uh, should go watch it
1: mm. Tony, Tony <laughs> Shalhoub won for best uh, supporting actor in the comedy series Alex Borstein won for best supporting actress in the comedy series and I think those are well deserved and Tony Shalhoub is just a delight in this and pretty much everything he does and there's just like, I love the running gag with Alex scene where everyone says, there's a small man waiting for you. Yeah. And it's constantly like, really? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs>
2: there's also um, pretty much wins across the board. There's a few here uh, for Chernobyl, which we talked about on the show. Mm. We we loved it. I mm. mean, it's no surprise. in It won for best limited series among a very English scandal of when they see us escape of Demora. Like, it kind of stands out in that. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes sense.
0: I really want to watch Fleabag. Um, mm. I haven't had the chance to. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's not readily available to me. I'm gonna have to actually like do stuff to watch yeah. it. <laughs> um, and then you think, oh, okay. But like every, I've never read anybody writing about Fleabag um, who doesn't go like extensively on and Mm -hmm. on and on about how it's the best thing Mm. ever and about how Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like the best thing ever. And um, having seen only a little bit of Killing Eve, uh, or rather the first season of Killing Eve, I can see how like... I think it's just kind of exciting. Like, I find her a very exciting presence. Mm. I, I haven't seen the shows mm. uh, as much as I would like to because, again, effort. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of thrilling because she won so much. Yeah, mm. and also on that with
2: Killing Eve, J- Jodie Comer has won for her role in Killing Eve as well. Which Villanelle. is
0: incredible. Mm. But where is Sandra Oh? Sandra O's missing there. Sandra was on, was nominated. and Yeah. yeah
2: so. And I
1: think she mm. won Best Dress of the Night. I think she had a pink dress on that looked very, that looked great. I was looking at yeah. the, the photo this morning. So, she did <laughs> That's that, That's full on, yeah.
2: Uh, one of my favorites, uh, which is a. It was the Dark Horse in its category, and I'm so glad to see that it's won, is writing for a drama series, and that was for Jesse Armstrong, who wants her succession. And that's in a category where they've got Benioff and Weiss for Game of Thrones, Killing yeah. Eve, Better Call Saul, Bodyguard, and Handmaid's Tale. And for succession after a single season to win is incredible because I love this series and I cannot wait to talk about it. <laughs> I've
1: just been, I've been sitting on this
3: and just oh, waiting like, oh a, little, like okay. a little
2: hand on an egg.
1: Coming soon to a radio <laughs> show near you.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> but that is a, that is quite a, a lineup to beat, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you said, is also just the one season, mm-hmm. right? Um, what do you think sort of beat out the others? Why do you think that one won out, you think? I
2: think it just feels fresher than the others. I mean, even Killing Eve, which was in its second season. Game of Thrones, we can just forget for that last season. Mm. Better Call Saul, it's been a while now. Bodyguard, I wasn't completely blown away by. But Succession, it's, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's Veep. But it's Rupert Murdoch's family. So if you're going to get the the despicableness of that kind of family with the kind of quick kind of dialogue for that mm. if it's going to be writing for a drama series I think it's well deserved
3: mm.
1: And we are seeing, so we're seeing basically a changing of the guard now it is all that competition it is still Peak TV yeah. uh, it's just good that there's new stuff coming along yeah, before, it is before all the Game of Thrones yeah. spin-offs come and turn oh, out to be awful. Yeah.
3: also because you know this will be after, well next year onwards no more Veep which has been uh, pretty much a comedy juggernaut. No more Game of Thrones, which has pretty much been a drama juggernaut. Um, it'll be quite nice to see a few more new faces come on and a new few new shows come on. And well. we'll new
0: networks. I mean, both of those that you mentioned are HBO. So, yeah. you know, it'll be interesting to see where, where they go. Although, I mean, succession. Anyway, just, <laughs> yeah. No. Like, I think changing of the guard is an interesting term uh, because it seems to indicate that there's like a whole new young host a fresh talent. <laughs> but uh. really what's happening is like... Um, um, I guess the shows that have been percolating, the, the hen egg shows, yeah. the ones <laughs> where people are like really excited but mm. haven't had the chance to like really, really bounce out of there because of the space occupied by the big ones, I think they are starting to rise. Mm. Mm.
3: I mean, yeah, you're right. Because uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is on Prime, mm. Fleabag's on Prime. So, so Prime's coming up. Uh, Netflix is. Kind of falling in and out of it, um, but you're. I think in some ways you're right. There's a new network, new voices, new styles of shows coming through as well.
0: So we've been covering um, a little bit of the Emmys. We've been talking a little bit about um, movies that aren't sanctioned uh, here in Malaysia. If you have any news that you that caught your eye that you thought that we should cover. Uh, if you have any news that caught your eye that you think we should cover, uh, let us know. You can WhatsApp us at 18 789 tweet us at skipintromy, and write us at movies at bfm.my.
3: Be free-minded. BFM 89.9.
0: Hello, you are listening to Skip Intro. Um, more specifically, you're listening to Movie Snacks today because we're covering uh, trailers, news, just new things uh, bobbing about that we find interesting. Um, and earlier we were talking about the Emmys. Up next, uh, more news.
1: Yeah, so a uh, little bit of sad news for fans of Star Trek, particularly Deep Space Nine. Uh, Aaron Eisenberg, who is the actor who played Nog in that series, if you don't know who that is, he was the son, he's a Ferengi son of the, the bar owner Quark. And Deep Space space nine was the one where they didn't go anywhere they didn't boldly go they boldly sat in one place and the the ferengi were kind of a jokey um, race on next generation they were essentially like really bad kind of racial stereotypes of just like greedy big-eared aliens these actors made them into more rounded characters and nog himself was like he started off as comedy worked his way through into like wanting to be the first ferengi in starfleet eventually losing his leg in the war would you think in the future they fix that but no they actually dealt with PS- ptsd and everything through that he was in his 30s when he was playing the son of a man who was only 20 years older than him in the show back in the day uh, he passed away over the weekend uh, it's just it's sad to see him go and he's only in his 50s He was only 50 when he passed away so a little bit of sad news for star trek fans
0: Well, okay, um, on that note, there is no smooth segue, I think, uh, for us to move on and talk about trailers. But guys, sound happy. (laughs) Remember that you can still do that. Yay! Um, Okay, so you guys have trailers you want to talk about?
1: Uh, First up, so we we mentioned Netflix earlier with regards to the Emmys, and they have a new trailer for uh, a movie called In the Tall Grass, which is from Stephen King and Joe Hill, based on a short story that they wrote.
3: Becky! Something's not right about this. I think we should head back to the road. Becky? Travis? Who are you? What's going on? I came looking for you! What? How did you get here
1: before us? I don't know.
2: My boy, he's lost in here too.
1: This is nuts! It's only a field. What's happening? With your way! Uh, directed by uh, Splice director Vincenzo Natali, and who also directed Cube, which is a movie we talked about before. The no, I'm
2: was... interested now that you've said Splice. Yes. That's very interesting, because I I didn't know that. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and it's essentially, I mean, it's one of those great ideas that's so high concept. It's like, why didn't you think of it before? It's like, they're trapped in a field. <laughs> they can't get out.
0: <laughs> I'm intrigued by the fact that it's uh, the father-son, Stephen King, Joe Hill, like that's the legacy here. So my intrigue is tempered by the fact that Stephen King has not always been the best judge of um, his own work on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the stuff that he has liked, I haven't always been like, oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That was, that was a beautiful adaptation. So um, I'm going to watch it, I think, um, just because Stephen King, love him. Uh, but, you know, with the knowledge that, yeah, this is one of those cases where writer, not always the best judge. Mm.
1: But it's just this cool idea of not being able to get out of this field and they're running across people. I think there's a clip as well where someone has a phone call, but she can hear herself screaming yeah. on the other end.
3: Uh, for me, this is the perfect Netflix movie. Yeah. Like I don't think I'd be rushing to the cinema for this, but because it's on Netflix when it comes out, I mean, I watch it on a Saturday and that's afternoon. thing,
2: like, after um, Pet Cemetery earlier this year, yeah. like, it doesn't seem like there's a place for it in the cinema. Mm.
3: Yeah, it just, it, the, the scale doesn't feel like a cinema but scale. But I
2: guess that makes sense. It's a short story. Yes. Yeah pretty single location I don't know how far out of the field they're gonna go but if it's gonna work in Netflix in like, the
3: trailer there's a footage of them in the church and the kid in a box
0: two, three locations
2: three
3: locations, yeah. three locations.
0: <laughs> big time we've hit the big we've time we've the you big guys. time boys um, and there are a couple of other trailers along the way as well um, including the rhythm section I lost my family three years ago
1: it wasn't an accident I need your help to find the ones who did this. I've got nothing to lose.
3: I'm gonna say this once. Even if you succeed, it won't be worth
1: it. i making it streets, walking the streets. You promised
3: me you won't do nothing silly. In the past, the door... Why
1: are you here? Draw for your closure. And how would you do that? Violently. This is interesting because Big Lively has been making interesting choices with her films, with The Shallows and then, uh, what was it, A Simple Favor? I mean, it wasn't, I didn't like it as much, but it was an interesting choice. She wasn't just doing what the the TV star making movie star roles. And in this, it's from um, James Bond franchise producer Barbara Broccoli. And it's she looks like kind of drug addict Rosamund Pike.
2: Yeah, it's, it's directed by Reed Morano. And mm. anyone who's watched Handmaid's Tale or um, Halt and Catch Fire, you're going to recognize her style. Mm. She's an incredible cinematographer, one of the few women cinematographers in the business. And she's incredible. And the fact that she's doing this and she's got Blake Lively. I'm so excited for Release <laughs> by the way. Like, Blake Lively is going down this Charlize Theron atomic blonde room. Mm. Yeah. Anne Hathaway did it with um, uh, her Catwoman.
1: The but, Dark Knight Rises.
2: Yeah, yeah. Amber Heard has been doing this. They keep doing femme fatale with Amber Heard, but no one's done it with Blake Lively yet. Yeah. And she looks so great in this. It looks incredible.
1: There, there is this, uh, her family, something happened to her family and then she's pointed in the direction like a guided missile of mm. the people who carried out the bomb. And it, you know, you could get that weird feeling of like, well, she's just going to look her way through it or not like that, but they very clearly put in a scene where she's on a bus and she can totally handle herself. Yeah. yeah. And like seeing Blake Lively kick butt,
0: looks pretty good. You know, sometimes you see people when they move on from TV um, and I'm here, I'm thinking of Jennifer Aniston, who like was in the wilderness for like a goodish period of time, made several bad movies. And there's a part of you that's like, find your niche, Mm. that there's something Mm. out there. You know, you're like this beautiful, funny woman. And yet you go from thing to thing, kind of being the best thing about meh films. And, you know, it's just a very weird thing. And like Blake Lively seems to be like, no, you know what? I'm really tall. <laughs> I am blonde. Um, I am perhaps not like the finest actress known to men, but mm-hmm. I can definitely play in like
1: this genre. Realm, yeah. yeah, correct. I can definitely and, have and, act as CGI shark in the shallows.
0: And she's an incredible comedic actress as well. Mm. That's the thing. Yeah. So it's like, there's a couple of things that she can hit and I like the fact that she's kind of just hitting those buttons repeatedly
1: going, and she's going through
0: me. the genres doing it exactly yeah, yeah. it's kind of fun
1: we need, to, we need to get one of these spy movies with Jennifer Anderson actually that would be kind of great
2: murder mystery already happened I don't know I can't talk about
1: not a, we're not, that's not a spy movie also <laughs> I would, I, thanks for reminding me of that you just ruined my week
0: <laughs> um, and should we finish on Aeronauts are you the Widow Wren? Amelia Wren and who might you be?
3: James Glacier I'm a meteorologist. I believe the weather can be predicted. I need you and your balloon to help me. Women don't belong in balloons, on show. This
1: is absurd.
0: Your reputation is built on paper. And my reputation
3: is built on screens. <laughs>
1: So The Aeronauts is um, a movie starring Felicity Jones and Eddie Redmayne, who star scientists in the 1800s who basically say, we want to find out what's above the clouds.
0: Hold on. Felicity Jones. Exactly. Uh, scientists again. Yes. yes. Okay, cool. All right, go on. <laughs> yep. And
1: it's 1862. So that's based on a real life pair who, like, want, uh, this, uh, Eddie Redmayne's character wants to kind of predict weather and everyone's like, whoa, 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 no, you can't be doing that. It's 1800s. That's sorcery and witchcraft. And she's a balloonist who kind of is entertain, an entertainer. And they go higher than anyone's gone before. And obviously, there's a lot of problems that happen with that. Because no one knows what the air gets thin. And it's a battle for survival. And it looks really interesting and different. Like, it's the kind of movie you're like, what? Yeah, I don't, didn't know I wanted an aeronautical balloon movie yeah. from the 1800s. Until Can I, saw I
3: just say, watching that movie, watching the trailer, made my knees go weak. Yeah. Just made me go, oh that's
1: way too high. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Imagine in the cinema.
1: Oh good God. Yeah, on IMAX. Oh good lordy. Yeah, there's a um, lot of them yeah. like clambering around on the balloons like. On oh are, are you balloon? doing yeah. that?
3: Don't do that. Yeah. So it's a very exciting trailer. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I think it's it's got a weird sort of like sheen to it that makes it look a little Dumbo. Uh, yeah, you know it's got that almost like um it's a it's a it's almost it feels like a like an eighteen hundreds filter they put over it. Yeah. But makes it look like hopeful and
1: it's not quite sepia, it's like it's
3: yeah, but you know, it's, it's a weird thing which I which I like. I love.
2: I don't know how to feel about this trailer. I'm so on that note, I'm very optimistic because mm. it it's a story that I wanna see and it has a very interesting style and they're great together, sure let's put them in a a film together after like two years whatever it's fine but it's also a very 2012 steampunk look Mm, of Victorian England which we used to get loads of someone obviously has been waiting to put this on screen they finally got it it done so hopefully they'll be able to move past from that it's also directed by Tom Harper who directed a small British film called Wild Rose that came out last year that is an incredible film Mm -hmm. and if anything the direction for this is going to be incredible because he knows how to direct his actors really really well so i'm excited for that
1: and that will come to amazon in december 20th
2: cool it's not a cinema film
1: they're getting a limited cinema release uh, probably in the u.s mm-hmm. but we'll see uh, maybe depending on how that does
2: oh man i want to i want to get vertigo in an imax <laughs> film in imax cinema for this yeah this one would do it for you
1: i think yeah, yeah.
0: Let us know how you feel. Um, Are any of these movies particularly exciting for you? WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. You can tweet us at skipintromy and write to us at movies at bfm.my.